Hey dads, this is Nathan. Welcome to episode two of Dad Lift. And today we're joined by one of the PT OGs in the in the group, Cliff. How are you, Cliff? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. good, good. So between you and Jake and a couple of other guys, really some of the early adopting PTs that have come into diversity and really started sharing some some good tips and knowledge and hacks for for dads and today we're going to be talking about how to help dads save up to 16 hours a week up to up recovering to ourselves up to 16. <laughs> between 30 minutes and 16 hours we'll <laughs> <say>. <laughs> roughly <laughs> in the broad range so we're going to be talking about the little tips and hacks dads can use during the week to help them save up to 16 hours but before we do that cliff it's kind of interesting when PTs post on diversity, you don't really get an insight into who they are, where they're based and what they do with their kind of day-to-day PT business. So tell us a little bit about you and what you're up to at the minute. Obviously, my name's Cliff. I am a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer for 15 years or just shy of 15 years. I have a personal training studio in Leicester, so Leicestershire, so most of you should know where Leicester is. But yeah, I have a personal training studio in Leicester where we have a team of four personal trainers and um, we offer one-to-one PT and kind of group training um, and then that's kind of half my job and then the other half of my job I am an online coach for helping parents reclaim the kind of the health and fitness so everyone knows obviously getting in shape is difficult enough when you're a parent it's a lot more difficult so yeah so I work with a lot of parents because I know exactly what people are going through I have a six-year-old girl and I also have twin boys who are about two and a half. So, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in amongst of it with everyone else. That's why I understand parents' needs, I understand what parents can and can't do. And rather than just dishing out nutrition plans and training plans, which you can download off the internet for free, obviously I supply those, but they're based and built around the parents and parents' lives. And then a bit like today, so some of the content I'll be sharing today is around productivity, saving some time. Because if I didn't do some of these things myself, I'd be, you know, I'd be drowning because literally we have very little time ourselves. So, uh, so I'm going to share pretty much one of my workshops I'm, I'm doing on one of my programs, which is how to save up to um, 16 hours a week. That's good. Well, gotcha. I, th- this is a I mentioned during like this the pre-recording session. This is a really good topic for me because I'm historically bad at just planning. I feel like the day just runs away and I don't necessarily for certain elements of life, like just don't have a plan in place at, at all. So this is a really good, a really good topic for me personally, just from a really selfish perspective, but what in your mind is like the biggest thing that people struggle with in terms of productivity and like forward planning and losing time? Like what's the thing that you hear from people the most? Most parents especially say they don't have time. And yeah, I completely emphasize with the fact that obviously things are really busy. You've got, you know, all stuff to do with children, all kind of your personal stuff as well, work, you know, keeping the house running okay. But when they say they don't have time, it's not always accurate and people hate to hear it and a lot of people watching this podcast might roll their eyes and say oh but i honestly think 
everyone can save a little bit of time just by reviewing how we spend our time. And I'm not saying remove certain things and kind of stop doing everything you enjoy and all that sort of stuff, but it's just about getting balance, like kind of just investing a little bit of time in, in other areas and planning. Planning is so huge in terms of, you know, making sure we're not kind of wasting too much time, really. So planning and just recognising you, you probably are spend a bit more time doing certain stuff than you ideally would probably want to if he was honest yeah the big one is and we spoke about it previously is this whole screen time doom scrolling thing where dads well, moms everyone is just spending way too much time just scrolling the social feeds and three yeah. five and, hours a day and everyone's guilty of it i know i am you know but it's about just controlling it, isn't it? So I used an example of one of my clients yesterday. He was setting a couple of things to do, and uh, he he said, oh, "It's just been full. It's just been full on. I didn't have time." I guess he didn't have time. Okay, knowing he's been on social media quite a bit because he shared a few posts. So I just basically said to him, "You know, do you use your phone for work?" And he's like, "No, nah, not really." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Let's have a get your phone up. Let's have a get your screen time. He spent five and a half hours on his phone five and a half hours now that's a lot you know <laughs> so um even if you just cut that down to four hours that's gonna be an hour saved if you cut it down to three hours obviously do the math it's two and a half hours so it's just about recognizing you're doing something too much and adjusting it a little bit not necessarily like cutting everything out but reducing it down a little bit and uh, just trying to obviously not waste too much time doing something which actually gives you very little back it's really hard as well isn't it so there was a book i read a book once called i'm just looking over there actually it's called indistractable by near real and i don't know if you've seen this or not but this is basically the concept of where you are looking for triggers whenever you start scrolling it's like looking for that trigger very intentionally and just riding the wave and stopping it so putting the phone down ride the way for 30 seconds think about doing something semi-productive for 30 seconds and the urge is just gone and i think that's the same with a lot of kind of urges and cravings that people people have to try and satisfy the spare time that they've got but that's a really helpful book actually it was it was helpful kind of you know three four years ago and now it's probably just it's even more prevalent now isn't it yeah. i think you know, like the, the, i am just guilty of using tiktok tiktok is like crap from a social perspective it's just crazy how easy yeah it's mad but there are some great advantages to using it as well and it's one of them is bringing this community together so it's uh, it's always a tough balance act isn't it but uh, with 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 the um with a lot of the smartphones nowadays you have kind of limits you can set on there um so uh, you know you can put an alert on or you can put a limit on that you know you your phone will alert you when you spend too much time and just yeah. prompt to put it down. Um, you can set pass, passcodes on there as well. So obviously, if you don't want to spend too much time on social media, something I've done with a couple of clients, they've got their partner to put the passcode in, so create a passcode for them. So when their time's up, they can't just override it and put their own code in. You know, they don't know the code, so they, they, they can't go back on. So it's just like that, just something like that to break the habit of doing it. And a bit like that book you just mentioned, it's very similar to something called The Chimp Paradox. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. brilliant. Whereas you have this instinctual thought to do something. So, for example, if you're driving, someone cuts you up and you're honking, boom, boom, boom. Um, I don't know what that is, boom, boom, boom. Beep, beep, beep. Um, I got it. I got it. Know, rather than just reacting to it, you know, just kind of take a breath, you know, have a think about it and then let kind of look, 
kind of a, a bit more of a thought process about your reaction rather than just doing something straight away so you know putting a barrier in like Pascos or something like that on the phone is often a good little barrier to just go straight onto social media yeah for sure it's a great book as well the tune paradox i'd recommend it for anyone that's not listened to it or read it i cool so obviously one of the big topics in that is, is screen time we kind of unintentionally went down that kind of rabbit hole there but what are the other things that parents should be looking at from a productivity perspective to get to this magical up to 16 and a half hours a week okay. well apart from the obvious ones like training and nutrition which we'll probably cover in a moment you know there are some simple ones as well which you can do around the house some of them cost money unfortunately but it's all about how you value your time so if especially if you're self-employed like me if i can work say two more hours by delegating some jobs off then i know those two jobs i'm delegating off is worth x amount of money so i can work more so some things you can think about is potentially getting a cleaner so you have so you take some of the workload off at home and you know even the kind of a gardener and stuff like that just to take some of the workload off of there so kind of delegating roles, obviously paying someone to do it. Obviously, there is a financial implication there. Not everyone's in the, unfortunately in a position to do so. Um, but other ways you can save some time is food shopping. So, you know, if you think getting in the car, driving to the supermarket, going around the supermarket, getting all your stuff, driving back, unpacking, it's an hour and a half job potentially two hours if you get stuck in traffic and stuff like that. You got the kids about four days, by the way. Yeah, and if you've got kids, a lot longer than that. <laughs> so, uh, so it's something we, me and my partner have done for a while now, we've used like home deliveries. So, you know, Sainsbury's, Asda, whoever, you know, getting a home delivery delivered to you of food. Now, people who have tried it, say they hate it, and I might like to stick with it, do it a few more times. Because the first time you do it, you kind of don't do it quite right and all that sort of stuff. But you know, the more you do it, the easier it gets. You can create like previous food shops where you can just repeat order. So you can have your kind of repeat order as a basic shop, and then you can just add bits in what you need for the week. One other benefit of doing that is obviously if you're looking after your health and fitness and you're trying to work on your kind of your weight and you're trying to lose weight or something like that, you're less inclined to chuck something in the trolley and yeah. sort something on offer or for oh i'll have one of those at the checkout and you're chucking it in you can you know control have a bit more control about what you're putting in there's a bit more thought process about it so home delivery is a big one i would recommend save a couple of hours a week and you might still need to pop to the co-op on the way home for some extra milk or something like that but yeah it's a good little uh, nugget there to save some time it's a, it's a game changer isn't it because what again like one one little hack from jake yesterday was this concept of like meal banking so it's this thing of go create like 10 meals for example that you can constantly kind of churn throughout the week and so doing it this way just enables you to create that list on whichever supermarket you shop with whichever on the home delivery service you use and it just becomes it's almost automated isn't it it just saves you so much time every single Sunday or whatever day you choose to go ahead and get this stuff delivered. So it's, yeah, like you say, it's at least a couple of hours, at least a couple of hours a week, isn't it? I'd encourage people to give that a go and stick with it, try and do it for a few weeks because, yeah, it's, you can save a good couple of hours a week and you can just do that. You can do a home workout, you could go for a run, you could do something with the kids, you can spend time with the missus, you can relax. Yeah, that's time you can, be, you can spend elsewhere, really. 
And so that's a few things you can do around the house, obviously screen time. So we're already, believe it or not, I believe we're already up to kind of sort of four or five hours already. Now, another one is cooking. So if you, I don't know if you know what the average kind of time someone spends cooking per day is. My friend, I, before we get into this, one of the like yeah. massive dislikes I have, and you might, you might like this, and this might be like a hack for other dads to go and use, like hello fresh and gusto and i literally have no idea where your conversation was going so you might i might you might be coming at me in a minute i <laughs> it takes it feels like it takes so long to cook that stuff like the first thing is about them is they should just be coming out and branding as like supermarkets because that's all they are they're just ingredients coming out with recipe cards and so they're glorified supermarkets but it just takes forever to cook their stuff and the amount of utensils that I have to clean up after HelloFresh have been with a food package is crazy. Like it just takes way too long for me. But go on, how long do people take on average to cook? Well, it's, apparently they take sort of an hour and a half cooking food every day. That's the average. Okay. In terms of if you, if you're gonna, if you think you're going to cook a meal and say me and you have a meal together, you know, who knows? You know, one day if you're looking. One day. Um, <laughs> so say if we have a, a meal together and I cook a meal, we eat it and then off we trot. Um, the next day we then got to cook another meal. Still got to cook another meal. So I don't really advocate like everyone needs to food prep and do a week's worth of food in one sitting. It's it, you know that's it's, it takes a skill to do that effectively, especially if you're watching macros and calories and stuff, which obviously Jake went into yesterday on, on the podcast. Um, so try and have a rule where you never cook one portion or one one meal. And if you do that, you, even if you don't want it the next day, you can freeze it or you can, if you're cooking dinner in the evening, you can, you can then take that to lunch in the morning. But yeah, whenever you cook, try and never, no matter what you're cooking, try and always cook a double portion so you can save one, freeze it, put it in the fridge. And then you save that for time later in the week. Um, in terms of the meal prep things you you mentioned, I've used some in the past as well. I kind of agree. Some of the meals take quite long to cook. Some, there's, there are some quick ones in there. I think Gusto do some like 10-minute meals or something, um, which take about 20. But the good thing about that is it, it does reduce food wastage a little bit, and it kind of re does reduce your kind of mental fatigue, thinking about, oh, what should I cook? It's like, well, I've got this. Right. So that's kind of where that comes in handy, really. But yeah, I, I try and have a rule for all my clients you know, who are under pressure time wise. Try not to cook just for one meal and try and always double cook. Or if you can cook four portions and then you've got one in the fridge, put two in the freezer. And even if you don't use them in the next week or something like that, if you're away for a weekend and you come back and you walk into an empty house, you've got nothing prepared. You know, you've got those to fall back on. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's so funny. Like the best ideas are often like so obvious as well, aren't they? In terms of, so I'll cook for lunch pretty much every day, some form of like chicken wrap or something. Nice and quick, nice and easy. But every day I'll just cook like one portion and eat it. And if I just cook the second portion at the same time, it's like it automatically saves you 20 minutes, half an hour the next day, doesn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. It's such an obvious thing to do and, and I don't do it. Yeah, but that's where like coaches and personal trainers and stuff like that come into play. Like, you know, it's a fresh pair of eyes. Mm. It's a fresh pair of 
advice and sometimes people have got their head in the sand you know working away you know working on their jobs really hard you know supplying for their families looking after their families trying to keep fit and kind of get gym work you know they've got head in the sand and sometimes they don't see these little quick easy wins and it's almost like low-hanging fruit you know what I mean you can just pick it off quite quickly but it like with everything takes a little bit of practice to put into play and you know you have to kind of embrace you don't just do it for one day you've got to try and embrace it and make it a habit and yeah you can reclaim a lot of time back just by doing those two little things and you don't have to feel the pressure of being a pro like you say it's not like having all these nice glassware laid out where everyone's like portioning up meal prep for the whole week and they've got the lives locked down everything's perfect like just get a couple of days in advance yeah and do you know what i don't care who tells me different 90% of the people what meal prep for the whole week end up wasting food because their mates invited them out for dinner and they'd rather have a cheeky Nando's or they go into I don't know, whoever the local restaurant and that meal sits in the fridge looking all sad and lonely. And the next <laughs> few days later, you go in the fridge and you're like, oh, can I eat that? Mm, has it been there too long? Probably. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, and that's the thing about kind of the meal prepping thing as well. You know, things can prop up. You can be stuck late at work and you can't get home at a decent time. You want to eat there and then, so you're going to get some convenience food. And, yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of food wastage with the big kind of batch cooking, definitely. Yeah, and you hit on two things that that I struggle with. The first thing is I just get bored of eating the same thing. And so meal prep just like turns me off immediately, but I could probably get away with it even for two, three days on the bounce. It's like, even then you save yourself a good hour, an hour and a half a week. Yeah. And I like the freshness of it. It just doesn't, I don't know. There's just an element. Yeah, that certain, certain things don't, don't taste very good two days after, like, but then some things taste a lot better. Yeah. So stuff like, like a chili, like a beef chili or something like that or like a pulled chicken like stir fry stew that you know, these taste better than a chicken breast with broccoli with rice you know it's going to taste like eating a sock you know so um yeah certain things taste a bit better than others and that's where you have to obviously always experiment a little bit and i've got some recipe books as well if anyone wants them i can post them onto the group just for a little bit inspiration uh, and then whilst we're on the subject of nutrition as well, like try and embrace this is another time saving hack is like try and embrace technology a little bit. Obviously, we, there's two part, two types of people in the world, right? There's people that love air fryers and there's people that think it's a gimmick. Yeah. Where are you? Where do you sit? Oh, mate, I, I'm obsessed with it. Like, I, I love it. It just, it just saves time. It just, especially with kids, and stuff, it's just so much easier to put their stuff in an air fryer. 100%. So, and people who like haven't had an air fryer, haven't tried one, you know, they're damn cheap. They're like, you can get, I've only got, I've only got small ones. Uh, yeah, it's like 60 quid. You can spend yeah. up to 300 pounds, but you can cook something in there in the time it takes for your oven to warm up. Yeah. Saves money as well. Is that genuinely saves money on heat? Meat, meat, meat. Money aside, and even health benefits as well, because obviously you can use a lot less oil in the air fryer as well. So uh, even like health benefits and saving a bit of energy aside, time. It's all about time. And it, 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 honestly, 
is such such a big one and then similar but not as good you got obviously slow cookers as well so slow cookers you know you can chuck them on in in the morning before you head out leave it on slow cooking through the day when you get back in the evening ready to go and you know slow cooking food it's actually quite tasty as well so especially yeah, yeah. Like meat. so we should look to get sponsored by ninja on this episode shouldn't we should we try yeah yeah so um but yeah and also just embracing kind of other kind of technology as well if you can so just going back to the home delivery shop so in our house we have an alexa in the kitchen you know you got google and all that kind of stuff as well but uh, we use alexa so if we're obviously cooking away or we're doing something in the kitchen and you know something's ran out you know as i'm throwing it away i'll tell alexa we need a new one so add chicken to the shopping list so it adds chicken to the shopping list and then obviously when it comes to doing your home delivery on on, on the computer you can just load up your alexa look at what you've added throughout the week and for oh yeah I forgot we needed bin bags we forgot we needed that so it's a good little kind of little joining two bits of the technology together to save a bit of time as well dude i always wondered where that went like so that just goes into the alexa app when you set a shopping list up it just literally goes into your alexa app yeah, you just go into routines and lists and there's a list in there and uh, you know, it's just say shopping list. So anything you've asked it to say, you can just go on there. It's got a big list. The only problem with that, some friends and family will hear you do this and they'll think it's highly amusing uh, when you're outside of the room to add loads of funny things on there. Okay. Um, so when you come down and sit down, you've got, you know, lube. Oh, what do I want lube for? <laughs> So, so just be careful. <laughs> the delivery driver is just suffering from trauma every time he visits <laughs> them. I that's a really no, that's a really good one because that just constantly happens, doesn't it? Where your wife's just like, "What do we need?" and your mind just goes blank. You know what you should, but your mind just goes blank because life just gets busy and you forget stuff. So, yeah, that's a really good one. You, you can even go a bit further and use AI to a degree. Now, AI might be flying over some people's heads but obviously i know you've heard of chat gpt anyone can use chat gpt it's just like google you can just go on chat gpt you could ask it to write you meals for the week evening meals for the week even tell it how many calories it wants or how many people it's going to feed and then ask it to create shopping lists yeah ask it to create this and then when you sit down to do your home delivery shop literally you just copy in the shopping list into your home delivery shop and job done and it just removes the mental fatigue a little bit and kind of just speeds up the process. Yeah, and helps you be more creative with your time, I guess, and do things you want to do rather than staring at Asda's website. So it's, yeah, it's definitely worth looking at. Any other things that you'd, you'd look at? I mean, there's a lot there, Cliff, isn't there? There's a lot of things that people can take away from that and start implementing today. And I think I like about this is it's all stuff that you can like just simplistically take away and start doing immediately, isn't it? Yeah, and it, apart from obviously getting cleaner and the garden yeah. and stuff like that, it's all for free as well. You don't need to spend any money. And even if some of these tips can just save you four hours a week, that's four hours to get you. That's four hours to do whatever you want with that time, whether it's more social media scrolling, joke. But no, uh, obviously it's free enough time to invest it where you feel that area is lacking. So if you feel like you're lacking spending quality time with your children, then, you know, do a home delivery shop, 
do a couple of these other little bits and you've got that little bit of time to invest into that. And then the only, only other one really off the top of my head, I think we'll go into a little bit more detail on my workshop, which I might even share as well to the group, but it's training as well. So if everyone thinks they need to train every day or they need to go gym five times a week, if they don't get their five workouts in, it's pointless or it's your, your week's ruined. So I've got some fantastic results with my clients with as little as two sessions a week. So two gym sessions a week and then to concentrate on moving outside of the gym. Sometimes more isn't better. Um, sometimes less is more. Um, it's just about training well, training the, the kind of at the right intensity, doing the right sort of stuff. And it's a bit like running as well. You know, it's, you don't need to run every day. You know, you, you know, you need your rest period. You need to recover. So yeah, training. You know, still two sessions a week. You're still doing more than what most people do. You know, you don't need to do four or five times a week. In terms of fat loss, if that's a goal, it's nutrition, which which is going to drive that more than anything. And then obviously just concentrate on steps. But when you train as well, you know, you could do circuits, you could do supersets. This is where you'll probably pair two exercises together. Then you do squat with some shoulder press rather than squat, squat, and then move on to other stuff. So yeah, try and work with supersets and just try and work at a better intensity for potentially less workouts if you're struggling to hit four and five in and it's getting on top of you and you think oh you know i'm not on track you're doing better with most people so yeah just two to three sessions would be more than enough for most people that, that's one of the biggest certainly personally i think that's one of the biggest mistakes that i made when i set myself a goal in the gym it's like you start going to the gym and you go around and you go five six times a week and it's just not sustainable is it certainly in the early days especially with parents like it, it, if you've got children, uh, it's not. It I'm takes working. a long time, doesn't it? It takes a long time to see results in the gym. Like you say, I think it was um, it was Jake that was talking about NEAT yesterday. I can't remember non-exercise thermogenesis or something. I don't remember the exact acronym for it or the acronym, but he was talking about like gym time actually being the smallest thing to move the needle on your health and fitness generally. It's the thing that you said. It was like nutrition, how much you move during the day, not necessarily going to slam weights down in, in the gym. It's like that's literally the lowest contributor to all of this, isn't it? I believe from what we've spoke about, Jake touched on calories on either podcast. And you know, across the 24-hour period, you will have you'll burn X amount of calories. So this is called your total daily energy expenditure. So the, the four ways we burn calories are by just staying alive. So if we lay down on the floor for 24 hours, you will burn X amount of calories. This is called your base metabolic rate um, or your basal metabolic rate. Uh, the only other three ways you burn calories are by digestion. So when if you're lying down still, your digestive system isn't working. If you eat, your digestive system switches on. So base metabolic rate, digestion, and then NEAT. So that's non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That's when you're just walking around you know, playing with your kids, taking dogs for a walk, any sports you enjoy, shopping, work, everything, you know. And then the only other bit we burn calories by is actually uh, called EAT, exercise activity, thermogenesis, or gym, purposely trying to train weights. That last one, going to the gym, it's only going to burn about 10% of the calories on a, a whole day basis. Yeah. And most people think it's the other way around. So most people think a workout will burn off kind of 60, 70%. And laying down still on the floor for 24 hours will burn 10% when it's actually the other way around. So uh, taking nothing away from training, obviously, you know, 
building muscle, helping flexibility, mindset, you know, endorphins, flexibility, you know, power, speed, all that kind of stuff. So important. You're not going to develop that unless you do some type of training. But if you're looking at things from a fat loss perspective, I know Joe back me up on this, you know, the gym work is only a small percentage of it. You know, just day-to-day movement and how many calories are going in is the, that's what's going to move the needle. I think he said uh, it's going to move the needle more in terms of fat loss. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look, Cliff, thanks. Thanks so much for that. That's just some really interesting like subtopics within all of this stuff. And, and I'm sure you'll be on the podcast again to talk about more stuff. But so dads in the community can find Cliff on, on diversity. I'll link his training page as well. Cliff, just to summarize, based in Leicester studio out there, also there's online sessions as well. So any dads across the community can reach out to them if you need some help and support. I very quickly, we're going to kind of get a little bit more personal on these podcast episodes and just ask a couple of or one real question. And we're going to get the PTs to start adding questions in after every episode for the next guest as well. So I think it's quite a nice touch to get their kind of views on the world. What inspired you to get into this? What was the thing that got you into PT? I I took I've always been in fitness. So I, I was doing kind of tri- triathlons and, and medium to long distance running, and then I kind of realised I was better short distance. So I kind of went into track and field, like 100 meter, 200 meter sprints. And along whilst I was doing that, I had a I took a year out from uni, and I got a full time job. I kept getting promoted, and it was just in retail. I just like, wanted to earn some money, go travelling for a year, all, all that sort of stuff. And then uh, I noticed my performance in my races and things like that just kind of deteriorated over the next year. And, uh, you know, I was a manager, I was a demanding job in at seven, leaving at seven, stuff like that. And I just saw my performance just nosedive and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm just looking at the amount of time I'm spending on me, training, eating right, you know, getting my runs in, getting my recovery in. And I wasn't doing any of it. I wasn't doing any of it. You know, I was if I was doing it, I was half doing it just because literally I was doing uh, I worked an hour away. So each day was 14 hour days. Yeah. So I thought this I don't want to live like this. Yeah, I want to live with stuff based around my passion, which was health and fitness. So I handed my notice in, did my personal training degree, and then did lots of different further courses there after that. So I must have spent 20, 30k on additional courses. And that was 15 years ago, and now I've been PT, studio owner, and online coach, and I've been doing it just because I wanted to live a healthy lifestyle, and I want to help people do the same thing. Yeah, I find it really motivating actually speaking to, it's a pleasure to do these podcasts and speak to PTs like you, because they're often just very driven people with very clear like, objectives and goals, and they just push you and get to where they want to be, so I find it like really inspiring to do these these episodes so thanks for jumping on cliff and uh, and we'll hope to have you on again very soon all right anytime thanks very much